Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Here you go. Here you go. Full court press. That's the nothing personal phrase of the day. It is Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. Full court press. Not what happens in the NBA when you start guarding the offense way at the baseline on the inbounds pass after a basket. Get up, get up, get on them. Not in this NBA, this day and age where it's just an offensive orgy every single day. Full court press is the expression you use in business. When you really want something and you will not stop until you get it, which is really a bad place to start when you're negotiating. All of the leverage points that we talk about, when you have to have a player, when your owner says to you, get that player, full court press is not required. Because when you really have to get a player, it's a very quick, simple meeting. No videos required. No celebrities saying, come play with us in LA. Look at the great public transportation in Toronto. The meeting is somewhat different. All right, what do you got? What's it gonna take? Just tell me. And even that may not work if the player doesn't wanna be in your city. A full court press is going on right now for Yamamoto. Yoshinobu Yamamoto, this pitcher who's coming over, who you may have seen the World Baseball Classic. He started one game, pitched seven innings. You may have seen the stats. You may have seen his equivalent of Cy Youngs in the Japanese Professional League. You may have just seen him at the top of every team's wish list because everybody needs starting pitching, which is strange because in our game, starting pitching has become somewhat irrelevant. Find me a five and dive, call him Blake Snell, and give him a couple hundred mil. But then look at the postseason and look at the fact that your bullpen gets torn to shreds when you don't have length in starting pitching. And maybe the inflection point has been hit where teams are saying, yeah, I hear what you're saying, Mr. Analytic Man, but we got to get ourselves some starters. Let's look at the market. Who's out there? Anyone good? Jordan Montgomery, hmm, not terrible. Blake Snell, interesting, no length. What about this guy? This guy's not gonna be Daisuke, he's not gonna be Tanaka. This guy could be as better than Otani because he doesn't hit, he's just a pitcher. There is talk that this guy Yamamoto could get $300 million. Let me make sure I get this straight. This is Garrett Cole, this is Max Scherzer, this is a mistake. And I'm not poo-pooing signing Yamamoto. I want him to get as much money as he wants. But looking at these teams, put the full court press on. First, Steve Cohn fires up the jet like Damian Lewis 
in billions, fired up, going to Japan, flies there, has a dinner, flies back. I respect that he did that. I still think Yamamoto signs with the Mets. We have a wait to see. The Yankees say, eh, we already went to Japan. We watched him pitch. That was Cashman. How about if we bring everyone to LA? So they get on the plane. They bring their team president, Randy Levine, longest tenure president in baseball. They bring Aaron Boone. Our managers used to love when we'd call him in the offseason because they wanted to get out of the house. Hey, do you want to come on a uh, pitch meeting? We're putting the full court press on this guy. You want to come? Hell yeah. How early can I get to the winter meetings? What about some off-season, off-site meetings? Managers are so jacked up. They, they need a break at the end of the year, but like four weeks after being home, they're calling, hey, need anything? Of course, they're happier getting them players, but they'd go to a free agent meeting with a bullpen free agent. Ask, hey, we're bringing a guy in on a minor league deal. No problem. Let me meet with him. So Aaron Boone gets on the plane with Randy Levine, TU with Hal Steinbrenner. They bring the pitching coach, which is great. They land. Rumors were they were bringing Tanaka. They were bringing Mitsui. Then they weren't going. Then they were going. It's ridiculous. You don't need to bring alums. Hey, look, we've had Japanese players before. You're going to be so comfortable in New York because you're Japanese. As a matter of fact, let me bring one. It would be like if you're trying to sign a white player, find two white players who played for your team. Hey, come on, come to the meeting. It's absurd. So the Yankees go, big meeting, go with a pitch deck. Pictures of the Statue of Liberty. Oh, look, come to the land of the free and the home of the brave and the six train that smells. Come to Yankee Stadium. We'll tell you how to get there. It's easy. There's a subway train right to there, but you're going to make so much, you'll get a car service. And it's amazing. They come right to your apartment. Boom, you go right up Madison Avenue, right to the Major Deegan. Sit in traffic. You'll be in the clubhouse in 42 minutes flat. Better than LA. And then they get down to business. Because while well, Japanese players, like all players, are interested in meeting with owners and meeting with presidents and GMs and meeting with coaches and pitching coaches and getting some level of comfort with how the uniforms look and what the school system's like. What they really want to know is, what are you offering? Where's the beef, Claire? When you go to those meetings as the Yankees, you go knowing exactly where you need to be because you've already met and back-channeled and spoken to the agent. You've back-channeled and spoken to the commissioner's office, not collusion. They're not saying what the Dodgers are offering or what the Mets are offering, but they will give you an idea. Hey, do I need to be in the $300 million range for Yamamoto? That's ridiculous. Hey, that seems a little steep for me. Oh, let me try to read between the lines. Hey, do you think I need to be at 200 for Yamamoto? Yeah, I would assume you would. It's sort of like finding idols on Survivor. If there's no camera around, you can bet your bippy there's no idol around. Ever seen someone find an idol without it being on tape? The reason I'm worked up is watching all these teams, the Yankees fly there, they meet. Then there's news that the Dodgers met with him. And the Dodgers have it on the board in Japanese and in English. Welcome. Just like for Otani, they had the Cubs had. What was it, Coca? You showed me a picture. It was great. Welcome to Show Kago. Was that what it was? Like Shotani? Otani? Shohei? Otani? Show Kago Otani? Whatever it was. 
How did that go over? Good? Did you get him? Did you quickly erase it and say, welcome back, Cody? So everyone's having these meetings, Yankees, Dodgers. I am so angry about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Can you imagine if they get Yamamoto for 300 million after Otani for 460, 700, whatever number you want to call it? Yeah, I can't imagine that. How do you think San Diego feels trying to keep up with Los Angeles? I am so sorry that Peter Seidler passed away, but can you imagine him seeing what the Dodgers are doing the minute Seidler goes public saying, hey, we can be LA. You're not our big brother. We are you. And then the Dodgers sort of, it's like shooing off a mosquito, like flicking off a speck of dust. Get out of here, Padres. Watch what we're doing. Oh, Arizona, you made it to the World Series? <laughs> My name may be Andrew Friedman, and I come from Tampa, and I'm trying to be efficient and build with not a lot of payroll. But then again, I'm with the Dodgers. How do you feel about spending a cool bill this offseason? Well, if we can defer a bunch of it, that'd be great. The Yamamoto deal will not have the Otani deferrals. Yamamoto has some income, but he's going to want money at 25 years old and bless his soul, he should. The Dodgers, meanwhile, are not close to the highest competitive balance tax threshold. They're not near the Steve Cohn level. So they've got plenty of money in their mind because they're willing to go over the Steve Cohn level. They look at where the Yankees are. They don't want Yamamoto to the Yankees. They want Yamamoto on the Dodgers. Meanwhile, the irony of the Steve Cohen tax threshold is now, unfortunately, much to the chagrin of the commissioner, what was set at a level that there was a hope no one would go. Now, Dodgers, Yankees, Mets, people are looking at the Steve Cohen level and saying, eat my shorts. God, what was the expression, Coca? Not that. What do you say to someone when you, when you do something and it's not dropping the mic? Come on, Coca. All right, here we go. Ready? 4869. All these teams are looking at the Steve Cohen threshold that Major League Baseball thought no one would ever go over. And they're saying, yeah, that's what they said. We'll go past it. Anyone in the live chat have what I'm thinking? Anyone know what I'm thinking more than Coca? Because you could be in line to help produce nothing personal with David Sampson. All you have to know is what Coca knows after 951 plus episodes. You're about to say blank. Sometimes in the middle of the afternoon, Coca will call me. Hey, David, were you about to say Farfanagan? Yes, I was actually, Coca. Video surfaced from the Dodger Stadium board. This is going to happen soon. If I'm Yamamoto, I want to choose a team quickly so I can start to acclimate to where I'm going to be. The adjustment from Japan to Major League Baseball is real. It is something that teams should be aware of. It is something that teams used to care about. And it is something that teams no longer care about because there are not enough players. Which brings me to a thought that we didn't talk about that would be on the show, Coca. All of this expansion talk that we used to have in baseball where we have to go to 32 teams, eight divisions of four, total realignment, get a team in Nashville, get a team in Vegas. 
that's when Oakland was going to stay in Oakland and Tampa was staying in Tampa. Nobody cared other than some of the people in the commissioner's office on the baseball operations side. But on the ownership side, on the finance side, on the broadcast side, there is reckless disregard toward available talent. Why aren't there 60 teams in Major League Baseball? Because there aren't, oh God, 1,200 plus 300, 1,500 plus 1,500, what is it, 1,532? Is that 26 times 60? Coca, what's 26 times 60? Can you get that for me? Since I just did it in my head, but my head is splitting because I'm looking at a whole new setup right now. Thank you to the Metal Arc people in Coca who redid everything at my place yesterday because apparently they couldn't hear me. 1560. Did I say that? Was I close? I don't know what I said. Do you know why there aren't 60 teams with 26 players each? Because there aren't enough good players. There aren't enough good players for the 30 teams. Forget the low payroll of the athletics. Forget the teams that lose 100 games. Take a look at the systems. Take a look at the available talent. We're going all over the world and bringing in pitchers. And forgive me, Mr. Yamamoto, you haven't pitched an inning in the big leagues. Not that anybody seems to care. It's hard to be a big leaguer. It's hard to be a successful big leaguer. It's even harder to be a $30 million big leaguer. They are few and far between. Yeah, let's just keep adding teams. We'll go to Japan and bring them all over here. Well, somebody's going to do it. Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. If the Dodgers add Otani and Yamamoto, Otani's only a bat next year. Who do you think had the better offseason? Dodgers adding Otani and Yamamoto or the Yankees adding Soto and Yamamoto or then Soto and Montgomery or Soto and Snell or Soto and somebody. The Dodgers, either Otani and Yamamoto or then Otani or Snell or Otani and Montgomery or Otani and somebody. The bottom line is that the Yankees and the Dodgers are looking to improve their hitting and their pitching, which you should do. They won't both be able to do it because there aren't enough players. It's like who's left in the game of free agent musical chairs and you end up overpaying. Look what the Giants did. Did you see this yesterday? And the Giants have become famous for this. Aaron Judge is in San Francisco. Aaron Judge favored to sign with the San Francisco Giants. Oh, Aaron Judge stayed with the Yankees. Oh, no problem. We're going to sign Carlos Correa for 13 years. Hey, I don't like his ankle. Fail him. See you later. No problem. We'll sign Conforto. Pivot, pivot, move, stick. Money with a hole in your pants. Have you ever been like that when you have a gift card online and you just buy crap you don't need? Hey, I got the gift card. It's free. Or when someone gives you a little extra cash and it's in your pocket, you're in Vegas and you win a little bit and you're like, oh, let me stop here and play some pie gal poker because the odds are so good. Oh, look at that penny slot machine. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. And then you look in your pocket and you're pulling out lint. And then you say, easy come, easy go. Never had it before, don't have it now. All's good. But wasn't that ride terrific? 
That's what the Giants do with players. Hey, we've got money. Let's spend it. And let's prove and show the world. Let's show our fan base that we are the eternal bridesmaids, but at least we've got a dress on. We're there when the bouquet is thrown. We're jumping over people. We're putting on shoulder pads and helmets. We made Otani the exact same offer. They came out and said it. What a coincidence. Collusion? No. That means Otani's camp had made it clear what they wanted. They needed one other team to say they'd do it. Then they get to go to the Dodgers and say, okay, you know, I want to be a Dodger because I don't want to leave Southern California. Just match this 268. Because what we're hearing is that the Giants were willing to do it. The Blue Jays were willing to do it. Which means it was all a lie. Otani was never going to leave the Angels or the Dodgers. He didn't want to leave Southern California. And all these teams getting all excited. I'm right in it. I mean, Northern California is not that far away, but it requires a move. It's a moving truck. It might as well be a different city. Maybe the PR of San Francisco is hurting San Francisco. Maybe all the downtown issues. Maybe Otani said, no, no, LA's way better. All you got to do is 700 over 10, pay me over 20. It's all good. And the Giants said, great. Then he said, great. See you later. And the Giants said, oh, no, we got to do something. Do something. Here's what we'll do. And they did it. They announced the signing immediately of Jung-Hoo Lee, a great Korean hitter. Not the power of Otani, not the pedigree of Otani, but he's been great. It's about 24 years old, very good batting average, hits for contact, never strikes out, outstanding in a league where strikeouts are fine. Who cares about a strikeout as long as he can hit the big one, unless there's an entire change coming to offense, not that I'm aware of. You strike out, you're okay, just make sure you hit home runs. This guy Lee's been a star in the KBO, he's Korean, in the Korean Baseball League for some time. He's not Correa. He's not Judge. He's not Otani. He's fine. But they gave him more money than the Red Sox gave Yoshida last year. The Red Sox guaranteed Yoshida $90 million. Lee now goes to San Francisco and says, oh, I bet you want me to agree. Well, no problem. All you have to do is give me $113 million over six years. The ceiling for Lee is not the ceiling for the Red Sox player. Certainly not the ceiling for Otani, given what Otani has shown. What's the risk of giving a guy a $113 million contract over six years? Ah, what's the difference? Not even $19 million a year. And they gave him an opt-out after four years. I guess they look at themselves and say, this makes sense. This shows our fan base, our sponsors, our ticket holders, that we are in it to win it. Do you feel brand affinity when the company you're aligning with wastes money? Or do you feel like, wow, I must be paying too much to them if they're willing to waste so much money? My ticket prices must be too high if the Giants are willing to sign anybody and everybody. And who wants to date the desperate one? Never look desperate. That cologne of desperation, 
It smells. You know what else smelled yesterday? Juan Soto's introduction by the Yankees. Maybe they were all on a plane to LA. That's why they didn't do a press conference. Maybe Juan Soto said, hey, shove it. I'm only here for a year. Sign me. Don't make me go to arbitration. I'll do a press conference for you. When you trade for Juan Soto, I don't care if you're the Yankees. You do a press conference. You bring Soto in. You give him the uniform. And you have him speak live. You have him make some appearances. He's a star. Instead, we had him on Zoom in a Yankees hat. And all he would talk about is Scott Boris. All he would talk about is, hey, I'm here for a year. He actually had a specific quote. You don't see this too often. When asked about an extension, because you know that'd be his first question. Here's what Boris coached him to say. As you know, Boris sticks his hand right up the keister of his players, pulls the strings and has them talk. Hey, Juan, there's going to be a Zoom. Now, if there were a press conference, Boris would have to fly in. Boris said, I don't really feel like going to New York, so I don't want you to have a press conference. If I'm the Yankees, we are demanding a press conference. Then Boris says, well, if there's a press conference, then I have to be at the dais. But Juan, when you're asked about an extension, there's only one thing I want you to say, and I want it to be my name. So here's what you do. You say, they know where to call and who to talk to. I'm here just to play baseball. Scott Boris is my agent. I put everything on him and let him give his advice. Give his advice. I put everything on him and let, Juan, are you okay? I let everything, it's Scott Boris does everything for me. My mindset is for Scott, Juan, Juan, Juan. Hello? Oh God, I was in some sort of trance. Juan, are you okay? Welcome to New York, man. What, what were you just saying? Oh, I don't know. I'm so happy to be a Yankee. I want to win another ring and pad my Hall of Fame resume and let next year will take care of itself. But as far as I'm concerned, I'd be a Yankee forever. Who wouldn't want to see his name in Monument Park? Juan, shut up. You can't say that. Stick to your script. My name is Juan Soto. They know where to call and who to talk to. I'm here to play baseball. Scott Boris is my agent. I put everything on him and let him give his advice. How do you feel about that, New York fans? Are you excited for one year of one? Or for having to absolutely pay up and be held hostage and lied to during Juan Soto's free agency? Next year, we're going to have to do a whole thing. Rumors, Juan Soto's in San Francisco. Oh, no, they got Lee. They're good. They're not players for Juan Soto. All right, Juan Soto's in Chicago. Oh, no, they got Bellinger back. All right, who's left? Stevie Cohn. You think taking Severino from you is a big deal. Wait till I get Soto. You think Boris already is calling Steve Cohn? You can bet your bippy. Have I used that today yet? I love that expression. That should be a shirt, shouldn't it? Bet your bippy. Thank you, by the way, davidsampsonpodcast.com. Uh, it is a runaway, Coca. The uh, horse hockey, no chance toilet pants and diamond logo. There's nothing close to it. The other stuff we've done, we could take off the store, practically. People like hoodies, beanies, mugs. What's the deal with mugs? I guess people drink coffee. Never had a cup in my life, despite evidence to the contrary. Nothing. Soda, 
I used to drink soda, but not anymore. That was a big thing. I worked at Revlon. Did I ever tell you my Revlon story, Coca? I'm way off the subject. But at Revlon, I would go in in the morning. I worked in the finance department. And uh, I would always have a Diet Coke to start the day because there was no regular soda of any kind. There's no snacks of any kind. It is not encouraged at Revlon back in the day to do any sort of eating of any kind, anything, because everyone was incredibly beautiful. Men, women, a lot of pressure working at Revlon. And I'm reading the Wall Street Journal like as a 22-year-old drinking a regular, drinking a Diet Coke, hoping for like a, some sort of Dr. Brown's black cherry. David, welcome to how we do it here. Tighten your belt. Okay. What else did Juan Soto say? <laughs> I can't, Coca. I'm not saying this. You really want me to about what he said about playing with Aaron Judge? All right. Then you can move that to before the Revlon story. 4869. Juan Soto, in addition to being programmed about making sure that everyone knew that Boris was his agent, was asked about how cool it will be to be in a lineup with Aaron Judge. I wonder why I wasn't asked about how cool it will be in a lineup with G. Anyway, and his answer was, I'll try and pick his mind while I'm there and try to enjoy the moment while I'm there. Scott's in the background, pulling, tugging on the left arm while I'm there. <laughs> while I'm there. <laughs> it's insane. Come on. All right. I think it's time. It's time for me. It's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to review a movie that I watched that is not being reviewed well that I'm going to ask you to watch. And then I'm going to answer your question about some stuff that's going on during winter ball that is shocking in terms of how much Major League Baseball teams hate winter ball and how the rules of engagement are going to change going forward. We'll be right back. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to Nothing Personal with David Sampson. I watch a movie every day. Is today Thursday? I have to, we can't do this. Uh, what is today? Wednesday. Today is Wednesday, December 12th, 2023. And I am tomorrow, today, wow, here we go. Can we take a break, Coca? We'll be right back on Nothing Personal. <laughs> Hi, I'm David Sampson. Today is Wednesday, December 13th, 2023. 
I watch a movie every day. And on tomorrow's show, every Thursday, I'll be reviewing a movie from my top 100 list. I'm reviewing Fletch tomorrow. And during the show live tomorrow, I'll use the random number generator to choose next Thursday's movie review. In the meantime, I have a movie to review that people are staying away from. Because if you are solely an IMDb numbers guy, hey, that got a 5.2, skip. Hey, that got a 7.9, great. Hey, that got a 6.9, hell yeah. Well, this one got like a 5.2, 5.5. If you have a 5.5 in IMDb, I am watching guaranteed. There is nothing like a 5.5. It's called The Adults. Michael, Sarah, Hannah Gross, and Sophia Lillis. It's a story about siblings. If you know me at all, you know the story of my siblings, you know the passing of my sister just a few years ago, my older sister, who was only in her 50s when she passed away. You know that I have, she was my full sister. I have two half sisters, a half brother. I consider them full. They are my siblings. The relationship that we all have is fascinating. Different parents everywhere. So much love, so much care. Sibling relationships are tough. I consider myself lucky the amount that I see and talk to my siblings. And when a parent dies, it creates an entire different dynamic. So when our dad died, and then our sister died, all within three months of each other, a couple of years ago, it changed the relationships because instead of feeling that you have someone to look up to or someone to help guide your path, you're all of a sudden in a position where you're the one who's doing the guiding. And instead of being on deck, you're actually at the plate. And I'm talking about of death, mortality, end of the line. Like when a grandparent dies, you're sad, you're a little despondent, you look at your parents crying and saying, wow, is that how I'm gonna feel when my parents die? But I'm not even thinking about my own death. Then you see a parent die and you're thinking, ooh, that's what my parent was doing. And then you say, wow, that's what my kid may do. So all these things are going on in my head as I'm watching the adults, as these three siblings try to navigate life post a parent passing, trying to communicate without words, trying to communicate with words, trying to get through misunderstandings that happen all the time. And I was fascinated by the writing of this movie. The subtle acting was fantastic by the three siblings, the three principals. And it was a good opportunity, and I speak to my siblings a lot, but I called them after I watched this movie, and I asked them a very simple question. What I said to them after watching the adults was, do you hear me when I am talking? And not in like, I am your father now. It's a, when I'm trying to communicate my love or my concern or my question, am I doing it right? Are you misunderstanding anything? Is anything festering? Because in any relationship, but especially in sibling relationships, there's no one who knows you like your sibling. There's no one who's had your experience like your sibling. Your parents haven't, your friends haven't, your kids haven't. It's a sibling. And too often sibling relationships are taken for granted. Too often there are siblings who don't talk. They don't have any sort of communication. They're different. How could you be raised by the same parents when we're so different? You know what? You're not. And I'm not talking about DNA and genes. I'm talking about shared experience and how you react to it may be different, but the baseline is the same. So if you have siblings, 
watch the adults, and then just make a call. Don't let things fester. See if you can make an improvement in your relationship with your siblings, if possible. It's called the adults. All right, Coca, play it. You know what I want? <laughs> I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Get into my Twitter at David P. Samson. Hit follow. We're getting a lot of momentum. P- people I thought were leaving Twitter, but followers are going up. People like what you and I post, Coca. They laugh, even though you hate my posts and love your posts. Anything funny on my Twitter is from me. Anything serious on my Twitter is from Coca. I don't need to do dash, 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 David, because 99.9% are mine. All the DMs are me. Go to davidsampsonpodcast.com, ask a question. So you want to talk to Samson's from the movie Half-Baked. Please tell me you haven't seen it. As of last week, I can now tell you that about 8% of you, only in the last week, you may not have heard of So You Want to Talk to Samson. So, welcome. There's a character named Samson in Half-Baked. Get yourself approximately 48 69ths baked. Watch the movie and then ask me a question. I may answer it. Hi, David. Hi. That's always a good way to start. I hope you're having a nice weekend. I have a question about Ronald Acuna playing in Winter League in Venezuela. How much control does an MLB team have over their player doing something like that? This isn't the WBC or Olympics. Does Acuna's agent build it into the contract? Just curious how it works with an MVP player risking injury for a league and team that doesn't support him the way the Braves do. Thanks. Winter League, the bane of my existence. As president of a Major League Baseball team, there's nothing I like less than Winter League. Oh, let's send the guy to Winter League. Let's give him some at-bats. Let's give him some reps. That's what the baseball people would say. Why? Come here to spring training. Come here in the offseason and we'll get you some reps. No, no, we got to get this pitcher some innings. We got to get this guy some at-bats. My question to my baseball people is always the same. What's our investment in this guy? And do we actually give a flying rat's pituitary gland about the player? If the answer is no, see you later. Have fun in Winter League. If the answer is yes, please do not go to Winter League. The rules in MLB are not nearly tight enough. What the rules say is that if a player has a certain number of at-bats the previous year, then the team has the right to stop the player from playing Winter League baseball. Except sometimes the player says to the team, pretty please, the pressure that is on in Venezuela and the Dominican to get the stars back to play Winter League in their respective home countries is so significant that the majority of players say to their team, do me a favor, go public saying you won't allow me. Be the bad guy and then I won't play. But I don't really want to play, but I can't tell my home country I don't want to play. So I need you to say that I can't play. Except then the media would say, he doesn't qualify for not allowing him to play. You may not want him to play, but he's totally allowed to play. And then the player would have to be like, eh, all right, I guess I'll play. Of course, there's some players like Acuna who just love playing and they love their home country. So of course, they're going to go play winter ball. And if you are the GM and president of the Braves, why do you want to upset your superstar MVP? I'll tell you why. You already missed a year. And all the greatness of the contract that we signed that everyone says is so undervalued, you missed a year. I don't want you getting hurt, period. 
I have enough issues letting you go to the World Baseball Classic. Enough issues watching a midseason tournament that doesn't count for the regular season, but we got to raise a banner. Oh, sorry, you got hurt, LeBron. He didn't, but he could have. The way players play Winter League, we will not allow it in a contract, a guarantee for a player to play Winter League. We do not put it in a contract that they're not allowed to play Winter League. But every single year, we get the request of the players, and we say no way more than we say yes. And the reason why we do that is we don't want to be the Mets. Bad enough, their closer last year, Diaz, got hurt celebrating the victory of the World Cup, of the World Cup, 4-8-69. Bad enough last year that the Mets lost their closer, Edwin Diaz, which may have been the start of their doomed season when he was celebrating winning the World Baseball Classic. I don't think any of us will soon forget that look. The Mets have a rookie, their number four prospect, Ronnie Mauricio. He went to play in the Dominican. Hey, let's get him some reps so he's ready for spring training. Ah, oh, crikeys, he just tore his ACL. Hey, we'll send our trainer. Who are the trainers for the Dominican team he's playing on? We're going to be in touch with them, my baseball guys would say. We're going to make sure that the innings are limited because we speak to that pitching coach. Well, if you've ever been to the Dominican or Venezuela, yeah. Guess what? When the teams call, here's what they do with their phone. Oh, you don't want your player to pitch more than four innings? All right, see ya. Oh, no, but we've got our guys there. Ronnie Mauricio left a game, flew to New York, and now he's out with a torn ACL. And then a day went by, and the starting catcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates, a guy named Andy Rodriguez, he hurt himself while swinging, and now he's got an injury. That will stop him from starting with the Pittsburgh Pirates. What does it all mean? How do you draw the line? How do you maximize the ability? Andy Rodriguez with it. I'm sorry, I didn't say that, Coca. Thank you. Uh, UCL surgery, Tommy John. How do you draw the line between getting your players ready to win games for you at the big league level. Well, here's how I draw it. If I'm not in control, then you're not on my side of the line. I want my training staff, my doctors, and my baseball people in control of everything my players do. We monitor their offseason. We give them an offseason program. We check on them. We follow them. We go see them. When they are playing in an organized league, winter league, in the Dominican, in Venezuela, we have no control. World Baseball Classic, we have control. So that's my answer. I want control. And I don't get it with the Winter Leagues. Okay. Nothing personal pick of the day. Let down. That was the word of the day. L-E-T-D-O-W-N. Lakers were going to suffer a letdown. I watched the Mavs-Lakers game. We had the Mavs plus two against the Lakers, and I saw a game that was not a letdown game for the Lakers. They just lost. Anthony Davis had a great game. LeBron James had a great game. But the Mavs were just better. And without Kyrie Irving, shocking. So we are 189 and 179 as the Mavs plus two versus the Lakers was a winner. I was watching some NBA games last night, and I'm not letting this show end without talking about, we still have seven minutes, Coca. I'm getting my talk in about Jokic and Draymond Green. Let me start with Jokic. 
in Chicago last night, if you haven't read, it was Serbian night. Do you remember a show that I did? I just did this, Coca, talking about theme nights. It may have been on yesterday's show. And how you plan and you do sales for all of these things. Oh, 4869. I'm going to talk about theme nights at a future mailbag episode. <laughs> Spoiler alert. I may have recorded a mailbag episode for Christmas week yesterday, and I may have talked about theme nights and I got a little confused thinking it was on a nothing personal that I did yesterday, but it was a mailbag. This is a little inside baseball that I did yesterday to be released in December because God forbid I let the feed go empty for a day and the rankings and downloads go down. So you better do shows every single Monday to Friday. Hi, my name is David Sampson. I'm completely obsessed with bringing you content every day for your enjoyment because I'm addicted to your addiction. We are codependent. I love you, man, women, children, everybody. Do animals count if they listen to nothing personal? Can that be a download? Can they have an account? Like, hey, Mina, can you get Lenny? Or what about Jessica's dog? I forgot the name of Jessica's dog, but it's very big and scares me in the office. Anyway, I digress. So there are theme nights that happen. It was Serbian night in Chicago. There were a bunch of Serbians there to see Jokic, his only trip to the United Center. And some referees said, hey, I think you've played enough and ejected him for nothing. Does Jokic complain? Yes. All the superstars complain. Everybody complains about referees because every basketball player, and I don't know if you knew this, but every time a basketball player drives to the rim, they get fouled. And every time a basketball player defends a player who's driving to the rim, they don't commit a foul. And every time the referee blows the whistle, you will see anywhere between one and six people do the bud. If you're not watching on Nothing Personal with David Sampson YouTube channel, you don't know what I just did. So I'll describe it. The shrug. Me? What foul? What did I do? And then, pfft waving your hand. So Jokic did that. Seems normal. Runs up the court, sort of jawing a little bit at the referee and gets ejected. For the last time, Adam Silver, control your referees. This is not about them. You talk about load management. You talk about making sure your stars play. Meanwhile, while the Mavs Lakers is going on, they're promoting the Suns game. And oh, and Kevin Durant is not here. Oh, we thought it would be the first time with Durant and Beal and Booker. Uh, sorry, Durant not playing. You got enough problems with your guys not playing. Don't make it worse when they want to play that you eject them when you shouldn't. Now, if you're going to do a Draymond Green, fine, eject the player. But whining to the referees, that's a Tuesday. Have some awareness. The referees get met with before every game. They get a sheet. They know who's doing the anthem. They know the timing. They know the halftime entertainment. They don't read it, look at it. They knew it was Serbian night. I'm not saying call it in, for the advantage of Jokic. He commits a foul, call it. But swallow your damn whistle. Keep him on the court. Bulls fans even booed that the opponent was ejected. Now, at the height of my Nick fandom, I would not have booed for that. I would have cheered anytime Jordan got ejected. Oh, but you paid to see Michael Jordan. Yeah, but I really want to win a game. 
Draymond Green, on the other hand, he actually hit Nurkic in the face, got ejected for the third time this year. Remember when he uh, choked Rudy Gobert and he got five games? wonder what Adam Silver is going to do to Draymond Green right now. So I think we need to do a wait to see here. Wait to see is when I tell you something's going to happen. If it does, great. If it doesn't, fine. We will revisit it. There's a bunch of wait to sees we need to discuss. Uh, the five-game suspension that Draymond Green got, he's not going to get five games for this. He's going to get suspended, but it will be under five games. Coca thinks it will be over five games. I think it will be under five games. He said, I'm not one to apologize for things I mean to do, but I do apologize to Yusuf because I didn't intend to hit him. I sell calls with my arms, so I was selling the call, and I swung, and unfortunately, I hit him. I've seen players do that. It's like the flop. It's like when you flop, and by accident, oh, I landed on a guy. I didn't do that on purpose. I think Draymond has a chance to sell that to Adam Silver. Adam Silver's got quite a few things on his mind with what happened with Jokic, with the TV deals, with making sure he's at the banner ceremony in L.A., I think Draymond Green, official wait to see if you don't mind. Draymond Green under five games. The pick tonight, get ready. You're going to have to really breathe deep, swallow hard. Pistons plus 11 and a half versus the Sixers. David, Detroit Pistons have lost 20 in a row. In baseball, that's like losing 40 games in a row. That's true. I think I'm now going to take the Pistons until they win a game. If I really had cojones, I would take them on the money line and get like plus 400 tonight. But no, Pistons plus 11 and a half versus the Sixers. The highest paid coach has got to get a win sometime, doesn't he? God, I would hope so. All right, that's our show. We will do a show tomorrow on time, always 8 a.m. We're going to talk about what's going on with the Wizards. Do you know the Jordan Poole-led Wizards and the Washington Capitals, Ovechkin? They're moving out of D.C., baby. Ted Leonis is going to have a press conference today. Another team relocating to Las Virginia out of D.C. We'll cover it tomorrow. Why? Eh, it's just business. See you then. This is nothing personal.